1: Welcome. To Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look at everything you need to know about tickets in 2021, including the return of park hopping and some strategies if you plan to park hop. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive rating or review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WWDeciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you're looking to plan a Disney vacation, let me be your travel agent at no cost to you. You get started with a quote today at Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies.
0: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
1: And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Disney has been reopened for a while now, and I think at this point we're pretty confident that the way things are going for Disney World tickets is going to be the same for the rest of 2021. So we thought we would consolidate everything you need to know about tickets. A lot of it is going to be review, so we'll get through it quickly. But, you know, the big thing that's been added in 2021 is park hopping. So we'll talk a little bit about how that's working and park hopping strategies as well so you can think of this as our 2021 disney world tickets episode before we get to that we have some patron shout outs if you want to join our patreon and support the podcast you can check us out on patreon.com slash disney deciphered where you can get bonus content get the episodes a little bit early and stuff like that so leslie why don't you start with our patreon shout outs
0: Certainly. So thank you so much to patrons Scott M. and Lauren H. And an additional shout out to Shelby S. for her one-time donation.
1: Yep, and you can do that uh, from that same website, or you can check us out on PayPal for those donations. So thank you so much for your support, everyone, and thank you to all of our patrons uh, for supporting us. And of course, another way to support us is if you are planning a Disney vacation, you can book through me as your travel agent at no cost to you. Email me, josephchung at travelmation.net, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. All those are great ways to support us without any cost to you. All right, let's get to some review on the Ticket basics, you know, you can go back to episode 107, which we recorded maybe a month or two before the entire world changed for the majority of ticket basics. But Leslie, why don't you run us down really quickly? How long can you buy tickets for? What are the various add-ons? You know, what are the kind of things that people need to know about tickets in general?
0: Sure. So at Walt Disney World, you can get anything from a one-day ticket to a 10-day ticket. There are tickets caveat for international visitors but you know there are no international visitors right now let's be honest so for for those domestic travelers that's what's offered and then there are all sorts of add-ons to those tickets there's sort of the base ticket that just gives you the one park per day but you can add on something called water parks and more which gives you allotments to go to both water parks if and when they're open and there's also something called the park hopper option which allows you to hop between different parks in a single day. Then there's the Park Hopper Plus, which essentially combines those two benefits that gives you park hopping and then additional allotments to go to water parks and and other kind of add-ons that Disney has. So, yeah, that's that's what we what you got and I mentioned water parks and you're only going to get one of them for now, um Blizzard Beach, one of the two water parks is opening on March the 7th, but no word yet on Typhoon Lagoon, the other water park.
1: Right. And some of the other things you can do with water parks and more is like mini golf, NBA experience, ESPN zone. Kind of nice little add-ons for your trip, but they're generally not game changers with the exception of the water parks. The kind of General thing you need to know is that the more days you the more days you have on your ticket, the cheaper the cost is per day. You know, a one-day ticket can cost upwards of $120 and all the way up to like $170 or $180 for a park hopper ticket. But if you get like a 10-day ticket, it's gonna cost you like $45 a day or something like that. So, you know, Disney really prioritizes you having longer Ticket dates and really when you get to like day five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're really only adding like twenty to thirty dollars per day when you get to those lengths of tickets. So that's kind of another thing that you need to know. Another quick change from a few years ago to review is that these tickets are dated now. Leslie, can you tell me how do the dated tickets work?
0: I will try, Joe. This is very complicated and this always makes my head hurt. But the bottom line is that depending upon what the first day is that you purchase your ticket for, it will cost more money. So, you know, there's certain holidays. If you start on that, it's going to be more money on those days. There's some strategy involved because when you buy the tickets, they're not just good for those number of days. You buy a seven-day ticket. It's not just good for seven days. You have a window of time, a broader window of time in which to use the ticket. So so what's the strategy point there, Joe?
1: Yeah. So if you're not buying a package from Disney and you're just buying the ticket separately, you can always look to start on the cheapest day that will work for your vacation. Like you said, you know, there's a window. So you know, if you know you're going to want to go to the parks on these seven days, but they fall in a 10-day window that starts with a little bit cheaper price, uh, you go ahead and book that. But really, the bottom line that you need to know with the data tickets is that if you're going on more crowded times, you're going to pay more for your tickets. So if you go on Christmas Day or New Year's Eve, your tickets are going to cost way more than if you buy them, you know, for like... The fourth week in January or something like that. Now, an important thing and the final thing that we need to review is that before you buy your tickets nowadays, you really want to check for Park Pass reservation availability because since reopening, Disney has implemented this Park Pass reservation system. So along with choosing the dates that you're going to visit Disney World, you also have to make Park Pass reservations to declare what park you're going to visit on what days. Let's say I am buying four-day tickets. Well, I got to tell Disney, you know, this day I want to go to Magic Kingdom. This day I want to go to Epcot. This day I want to go to Hollywood Studios. This day I want to go to Animal Kingdom. And you have to make reservations for those days. So, you know, those reservations can sell out. That's why you really want to check the Park Pass reservation availability before you actually make these reservations so one question i have for you leslie is with disney increasing capacity we know it's up to 35 percent already we're assuming that it's gonna just get higher and higher as the year goes on do you even think that we're gonna see park pass reservations sell out anymore or is this going to become something that is really not much of an issue
0: well as of right now they're not sold out for much of 2021 i mean they're really only sold out on weekends for annual pass holders
1: And that's only really in the next couple of weeks.
0: Right, right. And then, of course, on October 1st, which is the big 50th anniversary celebration for Magic Kingdom, that one happens to be sold out at the moment. But, I mean, I I think right now in the beginning parts of 2021, when demand's a little lower often in January and February, you're not going to have to worry about this too much as an out-of-towner, you know, not coming on an annual pass or something like that. But, you know, I do think that there will be times where you're going to have to be a little more vigilant. I mean, I'm I'm thinking especially like ahead to to maybe spring break, Easter weekend, something like that. We're going to have to watch out for but but right now as we're recording, things are pretty much wide open with the increased capacity.
1: Yeah, and I think that really because some people have been asking me like, should I buy tickets for the summer right now? And you know, I really think unless you're like 2 months out, like I think 2 months out is the first kind of date besides like super busy times that I would be worried at all about not getting Park Pass reservations. So I think you can really afford to wait. Disney may throw in a wrinkle. We may see a Disney ticket price increase this year. A lot of people think that's going to happen. I don't know if I see it yet, but who knows? It is definitely something that could happen. I mean, that traditionally is something that happens actually in the next few weeks. So maybe we'll see that in the next few weeks. Another thing to know, though, is that You know, we always say this when we're talking about tickets, when you buy your tickets, even if you declare the dates that you want to go and need to change those dates, you're never going to lose the value of those tickets. So like, let's say I buy tickets for next week and then decide I'm not going to go. Well, I can just change the dates of those tickets and pay the difference if there is a difference to be paid, you know, to some other time in the year. So that's a good thing to know. I think the only kind of strategy around park pass reservations these days revolves around Rise of the Resistance, which, of course, you need a boarding pass for uh, at Hollywood Studios. So, you know, what kind of strategies would you suggest for people for making park pass reservations for Rise of the Resistance?
0: So if you're someone who wants to ride Rise of the Resistance, I think it's really smart to make multiple reservations, park pass reservations to enter Hollywood Studios so that you can have the maximum number of chances to try to snag a boarding pass there because it is harder than it looks and people are shut out for you know their day of choice. So if you kind of are putting all of your eggs in one basket of only making one reservation for Hollywood Studios and you don't get that reservation for that boarding group, then you are just out of luck. But... But because Disney earlier just at the end of this past year changed how they're doing the boarding passes, you kind of have a a hack that you can use. Now the first drop of boarding passes is available at 7 a.m. and you can make those boarding pass reservations from your hotel room. So if you have that park pass reservation for Hollywood Studios for the day, you can be in your hotel room, wake up at 7 o'clock, do your app refresh, try to get that boarding group. If you don't get it, then you have two choices. You can go to Hollywood Studios for the day and, Try to get it again at the t- at the 1 pm drop or you can ditch your park pass reservation for Hollywood Studios and if there's availability for any other park, switch to another park for the day. So it really gives you a couple of options. So I highly recommend uh, you know for folks who who are willing to kind of make that change on the fly to at least give yourself two days for Hollywood Studios for longer vacations to to have that extra shot or a couple of extra shots, especially if you've got like if that's the must ride for you.
1: Yeah, and I really think unless you are traveling on super busy dates, long weekends... Again, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you can really afford to make these multiple Hollywood Studios reservations and not really worry about Park Pass reservations being sold out for the other parks uh, on the other days. So I think this is a great strategy uh, if you really want to get that Rise of the Resistance boarding group. And if you get it on that first day, then that's great because you can change the rest of the reservations that you had for Hollywood Studios to other parks. And I really do feel like until more shows open at Hollywood Studios, it's really only a one day park uh, at the most. So that's a great strategy. This kind of leads us to the big change for 2021, which is that park hopping has come back. So, you know, if you buy the park hopper, which gives you the ability to go to different parks on the same day, the way it works is for the beginning of the day, it's just the same as it is as normal. You make your park pass reservation for whichever park you plan to go to, and you must check in and go into that park first. But once that's done at around two o'clock, you're allowed to hop over to the other parks and. That is, you can get into those parks at two o'clock, not that you have to like wait till two o'clock and then leave the park that you're at to get there. Now, a couple things to know, you can check the park capacity on My Disney Experience. They will let you know if any of the parks are full so you don't run into the situation where you show up at a park at two o'clock and they don't let you in. Or people have also had a lot of luck calling the number 407-560-5000. I will uh, put that in the show notes as well. But when you call that, Disney has an automated message that will let you know if any of the parks are sold out at any given time. If you're taking Disney transportation between the parks, they will check your magic band before you get on the bus to confirm your park hopping capabilities. So that's really good for people who don't have park hoppers to not get confused and not to get on the wrong bus. And yeah, then you can just park hop starting at 2 and you can park hop as many times as you want. People have park hopped to all four parks, uh, you know, within park hours. And so basically at 2 o'clock, it's almost as if it was all the way back in 2019. You know, you can just park hop to as many parks as you want to park hop to. The only thing that park hopping prevents you from doing is getting a Rise of the Resistance boarding pass. So if you park hop to Hollywood Studios, you can't get that boarding pass. But other than that, you know, it's a pretty great thing. Which uh, leads me to my question, you know, Leslie, do you think park hopping is worth it? You know, It adds about 70 to $85 per ticket total. So if you have a four-day ticket that costs like $450, then the park hopper version will be like 525 or something like that. What do you think? Do you think park hopping is worth it with the reduced park hours? Is there even enough time to park hop? What, what are your feelings? I feel like this is a softball for you.
0: Well, I mean, maybe because I've already, I guess, been on record that I think it's not as worth it as it used to be. I mean, it certainly is It You're much more constrained about when you can go and you can't take it as, as much of an advantage of it as you could in the past when sometimes the parks were open till, you know, midnight or later. So for people who are on a super strict budget, then, you know, I think this is the time to skip it, if ever. Right. But, you know, that said, I'm a huge fan of doing dinner in Epcot and especially with all these festivals sort of being the, you know, the focus of everything going on, all that, that's all there is in Epcot right now, just about while they're doing everything else under construction. So, you know, I think that there's some value to being able to, to hop to Epcot and enjoy the food there. So I I have very mixed feelings about it because it it certainly seems like a big markup based upon the value that you used to get out of it, but I probably would still cave and buy it myself. full confession
1: (laughs) why why do we keep flip-flopping leslie okay a few episodes ago you're like gung-ho about park hopping coming back i I was kind of wishy-washy about it but now (laughs) you know ever since you said that it was like inception you got this idea in my head and it's just been growing (laughs) more and more in my head and i actually think that it is a pretty good value yes it's for what you get it's a little bit more relatively however Originally, I was thinking with the reduced offerings, then park hopping kind of, you know, makes it not worth it because there's not as much to do. But actually, I was thinking about it and I realized there's like the opposite effect because there's not as much to do. Even though the hours are reduced, a lot of people are done in Park A that they start at by like 2 to 3 p.m. And they either like start re-riding rides or they have nothing else to do because you don't have parades to take up the time. You don't have Shows, you don't have fireworks, so you know, all of a sudden you're done in the parks a lot faster than you used to be done. So, despite the reduced hours, you're actually getting done so early, and then you have all this time, you might as well go park hop to another park. So, ever since you incepted me, you know, I've become really sold on park hopping again. It's a little bit, you know, disingenuous of me because I have an annual pass, so I've already paid for park hopping, but you know, the more I've thought about it and the more i've talked to people who have been park hopping it does really seem like the benefit is still there and it is still valuable to be able to do that especially because you know like i said hollywood studios if you're not riding rise of the resistance you can do a lot of that park in half a day if you're at an off-peak time and animal kingdom again you can do that in half a day as well so you know you might as well park hop to epcot or you know go to magic kingdom and do all the stuff that there is to do there so i don't know Park hopping is starting to feel worth it to me again. I'm sure next time we talk about this in a month or two, we'll have flip-flopped once again.
0: Totally. And I I will add that asterisk right now. I mean, I think we're both kind of warmer on it, or I'm warmer on on it, because... You know, it hasn't been sold out right now. There haven't been problems for people hopping with availability. But will that always be the case? I don't know. As they increase capacity throughout the parks, as we get further into the spring, as, you know, more demand comes back. As more people buy the park hopper because it's working, maybe, will we start to see issues where, you know, somebody gets on a bus and and gets by the time they get to the park, maybe there's not availability anymore. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. I mean, I'm sure Disney has has got the algorithm down pretty, (laughs) pretty carefully, but this is a moving target.
1: Definitely, definitely. So we want to end with some park hopping strategies that we might suggest if you do get the park hopper. So I'll go first. You know, the first thing I would suggest is really you can handle most. If you have the park hopper, you can handle most of Hollywood Studios via afternoon park hopping. So you can on a day that you go to a given park, get to Hollywood Studios at like two to three and get like almost everything done. And then save your Hollywood Studios day for getting that Rise of the Resistance boarding pass, rope dropping Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And then, you know, when you're done with Rise of the Resistance, hopefully you get an early boarding pass, you know, then you can just bounce off of Hollywood Studios and hop to another park. So, you know, I think Hollywood Studios, since you can get so much done in a half day, especially in the afternoon, uh, it's a great option for where to park hop to in the afternoon. What's another strategy you could suggest?
0: So I already alluded to this, but, you know, visiting Epcot for dinner is a favorite of many Disney guests, including myself. But there is one caveat to that. You know, a lot of people are are doing that right now because of the food festivals that are happening. And so that does get more crowded. I mean, Epcot is getting more crowded. And, you know, just anecdotally speaking, I've definitely heard that As more people have a beer or two at Epcot, the mass compliance there drops. So that is probably, you get more crowds, you probably have crowds who are not quite as compliant. So if you are super concerned about that, you know, super sensitive to that, then maybe that's not the park for you in the evenings.
1: Yeah, and if you just want to check out the festival but you don't want it to be as crowded, you can always flip-flop, right? You can go to Epcot at 11. I mean, I guess you lose a few hours, but still, you should be able to get enough done. And the festivals are always way less crowded at lunchtime uh, if you do want to check that out. And then you can park off to another park at night. The next suggestion that I have is that when you rope drop Animal Kingdom, you can definitely be done with that by like lunchtime. So that's a great day to park hop. Or if you're not going to prioritize flight of passage, like let's say uh, it's just too much for you or your kids or something like that, then Animal Kingdom is definitely something that you can do a half day with, which, you know, this park hopping option opens up these half days again. So the strategy is think of Animal Kingdom as a half day park and use your park hopping accordingly. All right. What's our last park hopping strategy that we'd like to suggest?
0: All right. Last tip is... Consider splurging for a moderate or a deluxe resort to get to the parks faster. So, you know, location, 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 you get what you pay for, and you're going to have a lot more transportation at your fingertips and and save a lot of time in transit if you're springing for a more expensive resort.
1: Definitely. I mean, I have this problem right now. Uh, Leslie and I, we both have this problem right now, and we'll have to ask that Dear listeners, you forgive us because right now we haven't traveled and we haven't traveled to Disney for so long that our minds are just in splurge mode. So you have to apologize. We want to save people money, but right now we are suggesting spending more money just because our brains are wired that way. So apologies. I know you feel the same way.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, here in lockdown, California, I can't spend any money if I want to, um, even if I wanted to. So I'm saving it all for Disney right now.
1: We, We promise in 2022 or late 2021, we will get back to focusing on being more frugal and saving more money. But, you know, this is just where our brains are right now.
0: For sure. And and yeah, you and I, by our very nature, are very cheap, Joe. So (laughs) it will come back. It will come back quickly after like we see the bill for that first vacation post-COVID, right?
1: Yes, that's why I'm going to go crazy on that first one. Just, uh, you know, I'm just going to blow through that budget. And then and then, you know, I'll cry about it later.
0: Fair enough. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with a Disney do or don't. What do you got for us?
1: All right, to make up for all the money that we are suggesting that you waste, again, apologies. I want to give a quick Disney do for how to save some money on your Disney vacation. So many people probably have the Target red card. There's a debit version and a credit card version. You know, the debit version doesn't even require a credit check. So that's the one that I personally suggest. Now, the Target red card, for those of you who shop at Target, you probably know that you get 5% off on anything that you buy at Target that also includes Disney gift cards. And that even includes Disney gift cards that you buy online. So it's just an easy way. I mean, there's a lot of ways to stack these discounts and things like that. But in terms of a Disney do or don't, if you want to just save an easy 5% on your Disney vacation, you know, get the Target red card, the debit version, save 5% on your Disney gift cards. And 5% adds up quickly when you're spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars on your Disney vacation. And On top of that, like right now until February 21st, Target is actually offering new red card holders $50 off when they spend $100 at Target. So there's another $50 on top of all of that. So actually, my wife does not have a red card right now. So I'm thinking of signing her up for one uh, just to take advantage of that $50. And so even after February 21st, you know, pay attention to Target's website. Every once in a while, they have these promotions uh, for the extra bonus on the red card. So it's just a great way to save just a little bit of money on your Disney vacation.
0: And one quick reminder, if you haven't been to Disney World in a while, you can now add gift cards as a payment method in my Disney experience for something like mobile ordering that didn't used to be there. That's a feature that was added during the pandemic. So definitely something to keep in mind because that certainly kept me sometimes from buying as many gift cards as I would otherwise because I knew I was going to use mobile ordering.
1: Yeah. And I've buried the lead. You know, you can use this Disney gift card to pay for your tickets, to pay for your hotels, to pay for your souvenirs. So it's a, just a really great way to, you know, save 5% on everything you're spending at Disney World. All right. Well, that does it for our tickets in 2021 episode you know we really want to hear your opinions on park hopping whether you think it's worth it whether you'll take advantage of it when you go back to the parks this year if you're going to back to the parks this year let us know disney deciphered at gmail.com at ww deciphered on twitter or on our facebook page disney deciphered thanks so much for listening everyone other than that leslie thank you for taking the time to talk to me and i'll see you at the clearance aisle in target since we gotta save some money after we spent all of it at disney thanks joe